ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. This is Janice Porter, and today I have another special guest, and her name is Janice. So I'm very excited to introduce you to Janice. Janice Tomich is a communication specialist, also located in Vancouver, as am I, Vancouver, BC, Canada. And she believes that anyone can become a skilled communicator, one that people will sit up and take notice of. And I kind of like that because I sure need to be um, to hone my skills to be paid attention to. Janice works with professionals and executives either in person or online to improve their public speaking skills to help them create winning presentations and speeches. And she also coaches clients to use powerful, clear language to create a confident presence, which often has the wonderful benefit of rocketing their business growth or career trajectory. So welcome, Janice. Said a little bit of the formal stuff about you. And now I'd love to hear from you and have you tell me in your words what your passion is about what you do. Thank you, Janice. I'm super excited. And I think it's really cool that we're two Janices. Mm -hmm. Two like Janices. Um, what am I super passionate about? Um, I will tell you the reason that I began doing the work that I'm doing 10 years ago. Um, and the core of it is because I want to hear diverse voices on the stage. So whatever diversity looks like. Um, but I want everybody to be up there and have a voice and, and share their vision and tell their story. Um, we, all have, we all have something valuable to share and tell. And uh, yeah, that's the reason why I got started in doing what I'm doing. So would you say that, I mean, what that brought to mind right away was that um, uh, the fear of public speaking is, I think, the number one fear over fire I think it is isn't it or is it death or dying I think yeah, dying and then and then public speaking so you know do people come to you that want to go from zero to a hundred or do they come to you from you know they're at 50 60 percent and they need to hone their skills or is it both both of those absolutely both of those and um and you know many of my clients come to me and it's via word of mouth um, who are put in a place where they do have to be speak at an event and um, that they have a real issue around fear of public speaking. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's one of the specialties that I am known for. Okay. Yeah, to help, you know, my clients work through um, um, the fear of public speaking and be able to manage it. And that's one thing that I'll tell you, Janice, that um, we never really do get over the fear. Um, you know, there, there should always be some nerves because that's butterflies. Yeah. Because that's what <laughs> propels you to okay. be, you know, energetic and connected on the stage. Mm -hmm. But, um, you, you, no one wants to be consumed, you know, in anxiety or nerves and there are techniques to, um, so that you don't have to be. So I'm by trade really a teacher and a trainer and 
I know you and I spoke before I had to go and do a presentation in um, at a conference um, a month ago now, a month and a half ago now. And one of the things that I was afraid of, in a sense, was that people were expecting, you know, a presentation filled with, you know, jokes and, and uh, very, you know, major uh, system of things to do or whatever. I don't know what it was, but I did not feel that that was me. I'm a trainer and I wanted to impart information that people could take home. So I wasn't that keynote speaker. And I think once I realized that I was in my own power, because I knew this material and I knew what I was doing, I felt better. But I had those nerves at the beginning and made up stories in my head. And what I wanted to, I think what took me past that was the fact that I wanted to relate to somebody I could see in the audience. Can you talk to that a little bit? Because to me, it's about building a relationship uh, as quickly as possible so that I can connect to somebody. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. Um, and from the perspective of it as speakers, it's not about us. It's always about the audience. Ah, uh -huh. and um, when I work with my clients, the first step that we work on is intention, right? You know, you know, what is it that you want your audience to know, think, or do? Right? It's, it's about them. You know, all the positioning is about them. So you were, you were right on, Janice. You're absolutely bang on. Wow. And, so the other, and the other thing that I'll say about your comment, um, the past number of years, couple or three years, I watch event organizers and what they are really looking for is speakers that can offer value and takeaways, takeaway, you know, for their, um, for their audiences. Um, not, not the, you know, the high level fluff. Um, mm -hmm. People are, people are tired and done with it, right? <clears throat> they want to leave events, conferences, whatever it is with some real actionable items that they can take away and use. That's good to hear. I like that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? One of the, uh, what do you say to somebody though, who perhaps is not that, see, I'm comfortable in front of people having been a trainer and a teacher. Mm -hmm. However, if I feel that, you know, the audience is, knows as much as I do, which really isn't. Which wouldn't be true, right? probably, because you wouldn't be on the stage. Yeah, I guess. Um, but how do you teach somebody to, to make those connections? Like, that's easy for me. I'm an extrovert. But you sometimes you have introverts that get up there. And in fact, it reminded me that this reminds me of back in university, I had a, um, a professor, an English professor. I'll never forget this. And the entire year, he spoke to the ceiling. He never connected to us at all. So I got that nothing. That's like the Miles Davis of uh, academia. <laughs> yeah, is that, okay, yeah. Talk to the ceiling the entire year. So talk to me about what you would say to someone um, to help them over that. Um, it, it's a number of components. And so the first piece that I'm thinking about um, from, you know, being in your body, you know, that piece, um, you know, it's about, connecting, looking out, you know, I, you know, eye contact, yeah. eye connection. I think one of the things that you and I talked about, um, you know, when we met last was one of the things that I do and I encourage my clients to do 
um, attend any events, you know, that happened before so that you can meet some people who potentially will be in the audience, right? Um, be a greeter at the door, you know, yes. if you can, you know, yeah. if it's not a, you know, super big, large event. Um, so that you can then, you know, get to get comfortable and, and you know, um, have an initial meeting with some people. So from that perspective, then when you're on the stage, you can look out and you can, you know, you can connect and have, have eye contact with people that you actually know. And it's quite, you know, quite a bit more comfortable. Um, and then, you know, so moving over to the content piece, mm -hmm. there's ways that the, um, that the wording can be positioned so that it helps you um, connect with them, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So I tried at the beginning of, I'm just going to relate it to this because it makes the most sense to me, but I tried at the beginning of my presentation in looking out at the audience and, and I was, there was about 1500 people there. That was the biggest audience I've ever spoken in front of. And I couldn't, I mean, I did meet with people over the day or the first day of the conference before it was my turn to speak. So that was good. But I said, um, and I was speaking about LinkedIn and doing a little training on that. And of course I said, so the first question I have to ask you is please stand up. If you have a LinkedIn profile, I wanted them to stand and be part of it. And then, uh, I said, stay standing if you actually use your LinkedIn. But I realized that when I did it, yes, I wanted to get them in, involved immediately, but I was so nervous that I think I rushed over the entire thing. Uh, so, so as a trainer, you didn't do the piece where you, you, you know, you went through it slowly and you let it happen. Right, right. So that, so that it had the effect it was meant to have. So you learn those little things as, as you go uh, through. But um, so I, I took this, this uh, comment, I think, from your website, and I love it because I want to, you to speak to it if you would. It says that you help executives and entrepreneurs confidently deliver presentations that sound as relaxed as their conversations with family and friends around the kitchen table. So again, always looking for you know some value for my audience. What are the top three things that you think that make that happen that help people i mean you can't do it for them by waving a magic wand all you can do is give them an idea right right and that's one thing i always tell my clients is i don't have the magic wand uh, yeah um, i will guide you you need to do the work yeah uh, so the the three things one that often comes forward um, and so i'll use i'll use the word um, performance art Okay. Um, so I'll watch some speakers and it's as though they're an actor. They are, they are not themselves, right? Which then for me and many, many audience members, it, it creates a barrier. Mm. Um, and so it- What does that look like? It, it hmm. um, speaking in a way that's not, gen it's, so it's disingenuous. It's mm. not genuine to the way that you would speak. It's not conversational and, and not the way that you would speak. Would it be scripted normally then? Would you, can you tell if it's scripted? No, it's a different it's nuance. Different. Okay. It's this over, overacting, right? Um, and just not, not being themselves. So not being able to come back and, and be of themselves. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, so, and you touched on it, um, so over-scripted. Mm. I will oftentimes have clients come to me with a pretty solid draft, mm -hmm. um, and they've memorized it word for word. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work, 
right? I know that because it doesn't work for me. I've tried it. It's awful. No, it does not work because what happens is um, I'll, watch, I'll watch presenters do it and, you know, they're, they're moving along and they'll forget a word, just one word. And yeah. so it completely throws them off, right? Like yeah. they've lost their, you know, their cadence. They've lost their spot. They're looking, you know, deer in headlights. It's, you feel so sad for them. It's, you know, quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, working with my clients who do something different. And so you as a trainer would know this. Um, I have, I have them working just off of um, key points, off of keynotes, right? And learning those. Yes. And then expanding and riffing off of those. So with each practice and actually too, when they get on the stage, um, it will sound, it's different every time, right? Yes. Which then again, makes it sound much more conversational. Yes. Yeah. So I was nervous enough that I had to hold these cards mm -hmm. and then put them on the table beside me. And then once I got going, I was fine. Yeah. Uh, and it's but, that first minute or two, yes. like that adrenaline is running really high. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, um, so I'm not one that likes to practice. Do you really, because then I feel like it doesn't work. And yet I'm getting to the point where I forget things more easily all the time. So I guess there's need for practice, right? I'm a real proponent of practice and that's what my clients will tell you. So, but as I said, you know, with each practice it, it will evolve and it will sound a little bit, you know, sound differently. It'll, it'll just get better. You know, with each iteration, it will get better and better as you go along. Um, I disagree with you. I'm, you know, I'm a, I push my clients hard to practice. That's and, good. And that's practice. good. I yeah. think that makes sense. I, I do. I just, I think what I practice is I, so in this case, for example, I had a PowerPoint um, mm -hmm. presentation. So I just have to keep looking at the slides and know what I'm going to say approximately around those slides, right? Yeah. The more I'm familiar with them, the better. Yeah. And I understand, you know, practicing is time onerous. It takes a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing, the other little tip um, that I'll give your listener mm -hmm. is once you have it pretty well down pat, only practice the pieces that you're challenged by. So that oh. you're not going through the whole presentation each time. Yeah. Okay, that's a good then, idea too. Yeah. And then closer to presentation day, you know, a couple of practices with, you know, the whole thing in its entirety. Yeah. But yes, practicing can get really time onerous. And do you think that people need to practice in front of a live person? Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a coach or, yes. or, or friends yeah. or as many friends as you can gather or colleagues. Yes, I believe it's important that you get lots of feedback from many different directions um, because we don't see ourselves oftentimes as other people see us. And we don't hear ourselves either. The same. Yes. And that's the other thing too. Yeah. So it's very, very important that, um, that you're up standing and moving as you would move on a stage or, you know, whatever the venue looks like and um, that you're, you're, you're actually it's it's oral right that you're not I, i'll have clients come to me and say i'll ask did you practice oh yeah i went through it a few times i'm standing up and you know did you speak to it oh no i just ran through it in my head yeah. that doesn't work right. <laughs> because we right. resolve things in our head as we go along right yes of course it doesn't work. so you've been doing this for around 10 years you said That's so how correct. did you yeah. how did you come to this were you a speaker yourself um, I was absolutely fearful of public speaking. 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I know um, what it's like for my clients. I've been in their shoes. Um, and, uh, my, my first career I was, I worked in dentistry as a dental technician and I became allergic to uh, the appliance material. So um, had to go to plan B and find um, other work to do. And uh, so I went back to school and, um, got my degree in communications. And, um, but going in, I knew that academia was much different than when I had been there previously and that there was going to be lots of up and presenting, um, you know, group work and presenting, you know, that was looking a little different and that I was going to have to get over my fear of public speaking. So what I did was, um, I volunteered every time that there was an opportunity. It was me that had my hand up first because I was bound and determined that I was going to get over this. So I did, and lots of studying and watching other people who were successful and, you know, unpacking, you know, what it was that they were doing and then practicing then again myself. So by the time that I finished um, my degree, I was feeling pretty comfortable up there and really loved it. Oh, okay. And how did that then shift to you teaching others? Um, well, um, so I graduated in 2009, and so we all remember 2009. Oh, yes. Graduated yes. out of a recession, into a recession, right? And um, I come from a very entrepreneurial family and um, thought, I'm going to give this a try on my, on my own, um, set up my own shingle. Um, I also have a, a friend, um, he's in Europe, and we had lots of discussions with him. and. Um, you know, talking along this vein of offering what I'm offering now. Mm -hmm. He said to me, oftentimes um, what happens for him, so he was in um, mergers and acquisitions for a a large uh, corporation. Mm -hmm. And often what happens for him, he would have people coming and pitching to him and they were just terrible. And it wasn't that the product was terrible, but he would just get so put off with the weak pitch that he would just send them on their way. So, yeah, so it enlightened me to, you know, that there was quite a large opportunity out there for the work that I do. So what, what would you say, can you think right now of your biggest success with somebody? Yes, and it was something that I've been working towards for a number of years. I had a client just earlier this year who um, delivered a presentation at the United Nations at the UN. Oh, wow. A woman. Um, So it was a a positioning argument. And uh, we worked on it for a number of months before she delivered because it was, it was, you know, it was important. Huge. And, um, and it was accepted, which is the the bigger piece of all of this. Her argument was accepted. North American? Mm -hmm. Yes, she is. How exciting. It was super exciting. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and the other really wonderful thing that happened um, by way of that presentation, too, is that she, uh, um, you know, a number of people were there, you know, live and saw it or heard it and reached out to her um, to do work with her. So, yeah, one of my, one of my proudest moments. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you, did she have that recorded or anything? Yes, it's recorded. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, um, sadly, um, it was only the PowerPoint that was recorded. They never panned off to, uh, to her. her actually speaking. That's yeah. too bad, but, but yeah. still, you can hear her, and that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. So who, who do you, okay, I'm going to ask you another question, first of all. So you know that my podcast is all about building relationships with people, and we talked briefly about, you know, having, as a speaker, being able to 
build a rapport with your audience is really, really important. I don't know that we can, you know, we can't teach people that, I mean, it's, there's a skilled part to it, but there's also that inner part of, you know, introvert versus extrovert and so on that, that takes part. I'm sort of getting sidetracked. What I wanted to say was, um, in your business, you say you've built your business through referrals. So how do you build and maintain those relationships to, to bring you that business more regularly? I've given a lot of thought to that, um, especially this last year. I was sick last year for about um, four months. Just had no energy that um, I had to let the marketing go and, and the sales piece go. But um, looking back at my numbers, I made the most money that I had ever made. Hmm. Um, and it was because, you know, I look back at my business. So year after year after year, I've been very, very diligent about making connections. You know, so however that looked, whether, you know, it was um, at events or, you know, on LinkedIn or however through social media, I've been quite diligent about it. And, um, and so, you know, the clients just kept rolling in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very fortunate. So it's hard work, but, you know, fortunate too. The hardest work is retention for sure, is to show people some love, to have them see you top of mind. Uh, again you know and in a more regular basis so they don't forget about you absolutely um and that you, that you care about them um, yes because what is it and that simple simple yet um and something that i've been fastidious about all of these years is not thinking about it from the position of what's in it for me it's what do they need what do they need right and so i'm often you know introducing or you know doing things um, just because, and you know, that's the way that I built relationships over the years and they're strong, you know, they're strong, tight relationships. Well, and we met because you were a referral to me from another person I had met, uh, by a random phone call, to be honest, and we became good friends and, and you two are good friends. And so I knew that the quality of the, the referral that I was getting was going to be a good one. And, and so took the time, you know, we took the time and had coffee together to get to know each other a little bit. And from that you build and you build and you build, right? So absolutely, I think that's so important. Uh, I actually have, and I'm just gonna throw this in because I keep forgetting to do this when I'm on these podcasts, but I have a, an ebook on my website uh, about relationship marketing strategies, the top seven strategies or something that people are very, um, able to go and download and, and hopefully it, it helps them with what we're talking about. And it's, um, it's uh, right on my first page of my website, JanicePorter.com. So anyone who's left listening, feel free to go and, and download that. And which brings me to, um, actually, I have to ask you one more question because I have this note here that you, I think you wrote an article on LinkedIn called Public Speaking Nemesis. Oh. All about the that's managing your I don't know if I'm gonna remember. Oh no, that's okay. But it's basically I think I think you will. Uh how to manage your pesky ums and ahs. Mm. My biggest downfall. Because I think out loud. I don't believe it's a downfall. <gasps> Tell me. It's only it's only a downfall if there are so many that it's distracting. Okay. I believe already. I'm, I'm not the, I'm, I'm not, a, I don't believe 
what Toastmasters says around ums and ahs and the counting of ums and ahs and trying to eliminate them. We use those ums and ahs as a transition piece to help us move on to the next thing that we're thinking about. And so you've, you've heard me during this conversation, I have ums and ahs too. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. In a way, do I want to get rid of, rid of them? Um, and there was just another um right now. <laughs> so it's about the more natural uh, yeah. place of, 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 uh, of conversation. Of conversation. Oh, I feel better already because that is my, my thing that I know I do too much of. And it's, I think, and that I'm, I'm thinking ahead. And instead of pausing, I'm not wanting the silence. And I know that there's problems at place. And you know what, Janice, I really believe it's more about content and connecting to, um, to your audience with um, content. I was just at, um, a couple of weeks ago, Helen Fisher was here speaking. She was up from the States, um, a beautiful um, presenter, researcher, scientist, and she talks about online dating. Oh, yeah. So, you know, she was on stage for about an hour. And to me, there was many, many ums and ahs to the point it was getting, a, I could hear them, but I yes. kept saying to myself and was absolutely submerged in what she had because of what she had to speak because her research is so fascinating. And she has a lovely sense of humor and she has a lovely way about her. She was just herself up there. I didn't care about the ums and ahs. Okay. Okay, that's, there's that, and there's also, there's also, I guess you would call it pet phrases that people overuse. Sometimes for me, I know, and I can only speak for myself, it's like, so does that make sense? I'm always checking in with them and saying, does that make sense? I'm, do I need to change up how I say that, or? <sighs> My, my inclination is to say no, unless it's really overused. Yes. Sometimes it feels that way. And like I have a friend who even in just kitchen table conversation has this, I think it's a nervous thing, but she says the same, you know, or, you know, or something, every other sentence. Mm -hmm. So it's yes. just strange. But if, if that the one thing, you know, from that perspective that I would encourage your listener I have my clients do is record their practice. So not um, they they'll do video recordings too, but they'll also do an audio recording. Mm -hmm. Listen to that. You know, listen. You know, are there phrases that after a while, if an audience is hearing them too many times, that they're going to be you know get annoyed or get tired of them, right? And yes. think about what can you put in its place, or does there need to be anything in its place? Right. You just need to stop, take a breath, and move on with your statement rather than. I like that too. Yes. So I'm liking a lot of what I've heard and, and basically that you just want to be natural. The ums and ahs, as long as they're not overused, it's part of that natural uh, beingness and, and practice. <laughs> I don't know if I'll convince you. <laughs> well, no, I think you will. I think you will. It's just how I practice, right? And I did definitely practice for that big, um, presentation. So yes, practice. And, and also uh, content is really important. So if you have enough content and you know your content, you're familiar enough with it that you're just able to remember the key parts to it, then it will come out naturally. Yeah. And it has to be the right content. 
for that audience, right? Absolutely. You, you know, as you're developing and creating your presentation, that's key. You're all you're always that's a litmus test. Is this what my audience is going wants? Is this what they need? Yeah. Right. Perfect. So I know that you have an interesting uh, uh, event coming up, and I, I'd love you to share that with us and tell us what it is and how people can can find it. I do, and I'm super excited. Um, this is the first time that I've done this, and I am doing a three-day mastermind retreat. Actually, kind of three and a quarter, because I'm starting um, on the Thursday night with a, a get-to-know-you dinner. Perfect. It will be um, held here in Vancouver, downtown Vancouver. Um, and it is for um, new-ish, not brand new speakers, but newish speakers and seasoned speakers. And so what this retreat is, um, it's to create a signature speech. So by the end of the three days, um, all of the participants will be walking away with a very well-crafted um, presentation or speech. Um, what I'm really liking about this and the way that it's shaping up, the people that are, are um, involved is that um, feedback and collaboration that will happen within the group um, as a lot as um, as well as a lot of um, input and feedback and coaching from me during mm -hmm. that time. So um, before the event starts, there will be there there will be a few phone calls to make sure that um, the participants are just ready to jump in and start when we start on the Friday morning, and there'll also be follow up coaching calls from me when we're finished. So are you looking, so who are you looking for? In, I know you said people who are, have started, you know, want to have done a little bit of speaking plus expert speakers, perhaps who are wanting to shift gears or have an, and, and then a signature speech. Is this basically um, a speech to um, enroll people to sell from the stage or is, is it like their free get together? Mm, I'm, I'm thinking better than that, bigger than that, not better, okay. um, bigger than that, um, that it's the type of speech that you would then um, go out and pitch to event organizers to be, to be speaking at, at conferences or at association meetings. And it is a speech that you would be able to use numerous times. However, you will have to tweak it, you know, mm -hmm. based on, you know, city you're in and the audience that you're speaking to. So is so. your... Sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, but it's a firm, um, you'll have a firm um, outline template, you know, of what you'll be speaking to. So is your audience more corporate or entrepreneurial? Both. both. It, so it's a mix of both. And that's what my clientele is, is, is very much a mix of both. And when is this taking place? It is taking place, place in November. So the end of November, mm -hmm. um, the first actual start date is Friday, November 22nd. So how can people register for this and find out more information and register? Just um, off to my website. And so as my name is Janice Tomich, T-O-M-I-C-H. And I'm like you, I'm an I-C-E Tomich, mm. a nice Tom, or a nice Janice, <laughs> I-C-E Janice. Yeah, so it's in the um, events piece on my website. Okay, and that's, uh, I will put that in the show notes as well. So that's fine. And I like to ask my that sounds exciting, actually. Are you looking for, like, how many people can you manage in a group like that? Maximum 10. It's small. Okay. So then they get really get your time and so forth as well. Yeah. Interesting. 
Okay, I, I just thought of another question. You see, this is what happens with me. So in the people that you have trained and coached, um, did you ever have someone who was writing or practicing a speech that you just hated or you didn't have any idea about the, the topic or the material that made it difficult for you? I know I'm putting you on the spot. But. No, like I immediately want to say no, because that's what I love about the work that I do. My clients over the past 10 years have come from different industries, different levels within an organization, if they're corporate, um, if they're entrepreneurs, business owners, different size of their businesses, right? Mm -hmm. And um, they're speaking to many different things. So I'm always learning and, you know, about different things. And mm -hmm. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely loving it. You know, I'm thinking of um, a client that I was working with yesterday. She's um, in academia and she's just finishing up her PhD and she's going off to speak in uh, Italy. And um, she's speaking about research around reading. And I learned something really cool that um, there's YouTube groups where people read together. And it's just that they have a, a blocked out time and they're not even really sharing about what they're reading. It's just this blocked out time. Right? They're reading aloud to each other. No, no. Oh. They're reading. The oh physical, my goodness. Physical act of reading, right? You know, things like this that I'd never heard before. I have a lot of clients that work in IT. So, you know, daily that changes, right? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the technology that's coming out, you know, it's all these cool things that I get to learn about. And even um, clients that come to me will have job titles that two years ago did not even exist, right? So I'm constantly, constantly learning and I love it. Because, because what comes to my mind is curiosity because I'm always asking questions. I'm so curious. It sounds like you probably are too with your clients because I think if you understand what they're talking about, you can help them better. Well, exactly. And so I'm the audience, right? I'm the <coughs> right. And if you don't understand, I'm the litmus test. Yeah. So if I don't understand, then it's not been, it's not been explained properly. It's not been delivered properly. Right? right. Exactly. This is fascinating. I could talk to you for hours, but I don't think I better. Um, last, last question. So it's not even a question. If, if you could share one thing with my audience to help us on our way, there you go. Go for it. What would it be? It would be to say yes when you are offered a public speaking opportunity. Many people say no. Just say yes. Say yes, as Richard Branson says, right? And figure it out. After. Figure it out. Do it. Try it. Learn from it. That's great advice. Thank you so much, Janice. This has been fun. And uh, I will have all the information about your uh, retreat, your mastermind retreat, which is coming up at the end of November, the 22nd of November. And if people want more information about working with you, that also is on your website as well, correct? Lovely. Yes. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Been a pleasure. You're, you're very welcome. And uh, I always say at the end of my podcast that um, not only did I appreciate it, but I want you to remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comments sections below. 
If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.